Welcome in everyone and thank you for listening to the 186th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Rebel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts Cameron Albert alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today Kyle? Uh, I'm great Cameron. Um, it's uh, it's a busy time in sports but it's also allergy season. Oh. I got my tissue box here. It's, it's actually producer Cameron's. Thank you Cameron for donating this to me. You're welcome. While we record just for emergency here i got that sitting there but you're dealing with allergies oh yeah it's uh my my face is melting my throat hurts all um that good stuff you already know this but my wife emily she battles her allergies with a little little drink mixture sounds tasty of apple cider vinegar local honey and a bunch of other stuff but it's probably not even worth it apple cider vinegar is the most disgusting thing you could ever lay your tongue on yeah, actually, I don't know. It might be worth it. I might have to check it out. Mm. You've tried it. Oh, it's great. Yeah, I love it. Ugh. I drink it by the by the gallon. <laughs> just the smell of it oh, will like all, knock me out. Yeah, it's just, it's kind of like when you smell it. It's kind of like I've never had like the athlete like salt sure, thing. Sure. Yeah, but I imagine smelling similar. salts. Yeah, yeah. It's like rotten athlete's feet. Salt. Athlete's foot. Athlete. It smells like athlete's foot. <laughs> yes. Um, well, it's allergy season. It's also NCAA tournament season. Yeah, that's a little more pleasant. How's your bracket going? Uh, well, I fill out a lot of brackets. Um, How's your best bracket doing? Pr- uh, well, my best bracket's pretty good. Uh, my podcast bracket is pretty good. I think uh, <laughs> we have, what, 30 people in our group, and I think you, us three, have like the top three max points left, potentially. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Um, but... I committed a cardinal sin, which I'm very sorry about. I chose uh, I chose strategy and profits over um, over the people over over morality over morality and ethics. And I do have Kansas winning my bracket, and I'm really sorry, everyone. You aren't the only one, though. I just tried to zig when everyone else is gonna zag. You know what I mean? Gonzaga. Wow. Yeah. Good one. What? So you just think, oh, it's I just think no one's going to group full of Mizzou fans. Yes. If Kansas wins, I'll be one of the only ones that pick them. Yes. And that's my secret. And I guess I can't ever do it again, well, which I wouldn't want to. You can do it all you want because Kansas is going to be banned. Everybody else in the bracket group that's Mizzou fans. We actually, you know, have standards. Well, and so you can do that every year and you'll be one of the only ones. All right. Well, you're going to make me cry. Kansas is going to be banned for every tournament after this one, so it won't happen again. We can only hope. Uh, so I'm, I'm pulling up our bracket group right now. Uh, MC Midi 1 has the most points right now, but their max points is only 1,450. Tyler Vestal is right below that. Max points, 1,560. And then, yeah, so uh, producer Cameron's bracket has a maximum points of s- over 1,600. Mine has over 1,600, and yours is right at 1,600. It's coming down to the wire. Yeah. Games resume tonight. We need uh, we need to catch up, but, you know, our brackets are looking pretty good. Yeah. All the, all the pretty final crazy, four teams still alive. Crazy tournament. Kentucky. Oh, my gosh. Uh, are they going to fire John Calipari? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's gone. Wow. Just kidding. <laughs> Some people, I'm sure. I saw some John Calipari hate on Twitter, which is hilarious. What was uh, that? Was obviously the biggest upset uh, of the first round. Um, I feel like there were some really good games. We watched uh, what was that game? Miami and who were they playing? USC. USC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, came right down to the wire. Oh yeah, there's been a lot of good games. Yeah, I was of- watching uh, Arizona TCU the other night. That was a, that was a really good one overtime i don't know we could probably be here all day if we talked about all the good games the, the march madness is just a fun time it's a it's a good tournament um okay missouri basketball hired a new coach uh but we also had a spring game early <laughs> spring game yeah. so it's like a lot of action going on in mizzou sports right now um before we get to any of that don't forget to subscribe on youtube leave us a review on the podcast podcast platform that you listen to us on and you can support the podcast directly uh on patreon patreon.com slash missouri sports pod yeah we got we got a uh discord's active right now it's oh yeah it's 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 popping and uh lots of transfer portal talk lots of dennis gates talk Mm. 
you want to talk Mizzou sports with uh, with fellow fans, it's a good place to be. And us, of course. And us, of course. We're in there every day. Every day. Honestly, Discord is my like most used app on my phone by far. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, let's talk about the spring game real quick. Okay. So it was uncharacteristically early. It was like not even spring yet when the spring game was played. Yeah. Like it was in, well, yeah, well, they started, they started spring practices in like February. Yeah. I can't remember. I feel like the spring game is normally in like mid to late April. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it is not April yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought it was really cool how they did the draft and everything. Yeah. They like had the players, uh, draft teams and, uh, yeah, this was like the best spring game yeah. I, I can remember. Um, uh, people that were in attendance were just like raving. It was yeah. incredible. It, did, it, it looked was, like, well really fun to watch. Too. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like basically like an actual game, yeah. which, uh, over the years we've seen lots of different ways that spring games have been run. Sometimes they're just like a glorified practice and Last this year. was completely the other way. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, sometimes it's like the ones versus the twos. This was just like all mixed together yeah. and basically an actual game. Yeah, do it this way every year. Yeah, it was fantastic. And the winning team got to eat steaks after the next practice or something, and the losing team had to eat hot dogs. I like <laughs> hot dogs too. Me too. I would be fine <laughs> with either one, honestly. But, uh, and it was like an actual thing. It was not a joke. They actually did that. Um, so big stories out of the spring game, I would say everybody agrees the wide receivers looked incredible mm-hmm. and that's a really good sign i mean that's an area that's the offensive on the offensive side of the ball that's the position group that we expect the most out of um unfortunately they have to rely on the quarterbacks to get them the ball and that's less of a sure thing uh as of right now but the wide receivers look like the real deal luther burden looks like the real deal uh, that's really exciting i remember thinking uh and some people might think i'm crazy for this but when luther burden first committed and all that i remember just kind of thinking we might be blowing our expectations completely out of the water for this kid like you know this is this might be a little ridiculous you know we're treating this guy like he's going to come in and be our best player next year all this stuff well i might have to walk that back a little (laughs) bit because luther burden looked as good as advertised in the spring game and again it's a spring game and the defense, they didn't look like they were playing, like, super intense. Like, you know, you, it's kind of weird, like, hitting your own teammates and yeah. stuff. Like, I think you could probably make the argument that the defense probably could have played better than they did. But still, Luther Burden looked like the number one read, the go-to guy. I think he it's a very good chance he is, like, our leading receiver his freshman year. One thing that I really liked is they were throwing him the ball when he was completely covered. Yeah. And just letting him make a play, which if you've been listening to this podcast, we've been begging the quarterbacks to do that and begging the coaching staff to let the quarterbacks do that mm-hmm. for the last few seasons. So um, hopefully he's, you know, the type of receiver that they're like, yes, just, just throw it up to him. Anytime it's one-on-one, get him, get the ball in the air and let yep. him, let him do something. Uh, there's the one play that was all over social media where he just like stopped on a dime, turned around, grabbed the ball. And then I felt like the, I feel like the corner back in that play, I don't remember who it was, but that's where I could see there being like some pretty decent competition. It's like if you're lined up over Luther Burden at the spring game and you know everybody's watching, it's like, okay, let me show what I can do here. But unfortunately, uh, Luther Burden got the better of that matchup. And the wide receivers did most of the day. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like there was like a tipped ball that was intercepted. And I think between the two quarterbacks, there were three interceptions and two of them were probably the quarterback's fault Mm -hmm. one was a tipped ball so i don't know i thought the quarterbacks looked okay i thought dominic lovett had a really good game yeah yeah. barrett banister had a good game um yeah the The running backs looked decent but that i feel like is maybe the hardest thing to gauge because you know you're just gonna have a little bit more running room in a spring game than you do in a real game nathaniel pete looked good i think he's gonna probably be the starting running back Mm mm-hmm which is, I mean, makes sense. If you're, if you're transferring after being pretty successful somewhere else, you probably know you're going to be a starter if you come back home. Yeah. And there, yeah, there was not like an entrenched guy coming in after last year with Tyler Beatty moving on. Uh, I believe Dale and Carnell had two interceptions on the day. I know he had at least one. Uh, heard a lot of praise about uh, Drayden Norwood, who is the 
cornerback from Texas A&M, and mm-hmm. I think he still has four years of eligibility. Um, uh, Charleston is the safety from Clemson, and he was on burdensome throughout the game, uh, was playing a lot, looked good. I think the secondary has a chance to be really good as well. So wide receivers and secondary, in my in my eyes, were definitely the winners of the spring game for sure. Did you feel like you learned anything about the quarterback situation, uh, either the quarterback battle between those two, or are you still hopeful for a transfer? Um, I'll, well, first of all, I think that both quarterbacks looked pretty good in the spring game. Um, again, I don't know that the defense was like playing 100%, but I think they both look good. They both obviously bring something to the table for sure. I, I would give Brady Cook definitely this, the edge right now. If I had to pick a guy to start tomorrow, it would definitely be Brady Cook, I think. And, you know, he he, he made some really good throws in the game, but uh, you know, underrated, though, I think he can he can run pretty well and not as well as Tyler Macon, but he, he can get out there and run and, and move the ball in, uh, with his legs too. So definitely, um, you know, if we had to roll into the season with Brady Cook as the starter, I'd feel okay. Um, but there's a chance that we might still have an addition to the room. Yeah. So, uh, former Georgia quarterback, J- former USC quarterback, and former Georgia quarterback JT Daniels was. Uh, Did he pretty, start pretty off sure at he USC? Started his career at oh, USC. Okay. I, I could double check, but uh, I double check. He was on the sidelines, uh, right next to Coach Drinkwitz during yeah. the spring game, uh, taking a visit and watching the wide receivers play really, really well. Yeah. Took a, a couple of photos with some fans. Yeah. yeah. So that had to have been like best case scenario for if the coaching staff really wants JT Daniels to be the quarterback next year. Yeah. That had to have been the perfect situation to show him what he could have at the wide receiver position if he came. Right. He did start at USC. Good to know. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I personally think if JT Daniels were to commit, I would, I would be pretty happy. I think I would really love for him to commit to Missouri and and fight for the starting job this summer and see what happens. And if he if he wins a job, great. If he doesn't, I feel good about Brady Cook. Um, he's not going to go to a school where he's not the starter, though. Right. Well, but right. can they guarantee him the spot, though? I feel like you almost have to. Yeah. Like, is he – I mean, okay, so the other schools that are in the mix for him are uh, – Oregon State and West Virginia. I don't know their situations, honestly. I don't know what exactly they have in the quarterback rooms, but did Brady Cook look too good in the spring game? I don't know. I'm not worried about that. That's a weird thing to be worried about. I feel like if you bring in JT Daniels, he's the starter. Okay. And he's I feel he probably like he's is. not coming. One of those other schools if there's will, any doubt. will just about guarantee him the job. Probably. And are you really bringing him to your spring game and like kind of showing what you're offering without some kind of hint that right. the job's yours if you want it? They would definitely publicize it as he's going to come and compete. But Absolutely. you're right yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that there's probably like a 95% chance he's going to be the starter um, on day one if he, uh, if he does commit. So yeah, like you said, he's down to three schools and um, I think if you know if he feels like he can start at Missouri, he's going to come here. I think. And do you think that'll happen? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Official prediction. Official prediction. I think he ends up at Missouri. And starts every game next year. Yeah. Ooh. I think that's definitely what I want to see happen, and I think. Yeah. That, that, I mean, that's no inside knowledge at all. Yeah, that's yeah, just yeah. purely just like a just a just guess. Just kind of reading the situation. Right. Yeah. No. No scoop there. Right. Um. Speaking of scoops, I just want to say, if anybody listening to this, like, wants to give us scoops, like, we'll listen to you. Like, we may not, like... <laughs> I thought you were about to talk about ice cream. No, yeah. If you want to give us <laughs> scoops of ice cream, we'll eat them. That is also true. That too. But, yeah. We had some great ice cream in St. Louis last week. Mm, true. Yeah. Clementine's Creamery. Yeah, yeah. If you've ever been there, any St. Louis people listening, that place is great. You can order that online and they'll send it to your house. Right by really? uh, right by Lafayette Park, I think, yep. is where we were. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Anyway. Uh, I'm just saying if anybody out there wants to like give us inside information, you know, we might see what happens a few times, but you know, we'll, we'll say it on the yeah. air. We're, you know, if you want to be, if you want to be the official scoop guy for the Missouri sports <laughs> broadcast, we're, we're looking for somebody. Yes. Yeah, so let us know what's going on with JT Daniels. Uh, anyway, um, 
one other thing to consider would they play both okay pretend jt daniels doesn't come okay would they play both macon and cook during the regular season um probably not i i just i just that's so rare to happen that way um you know i do think tyler macon is um definitely uniquely gifted in some ways that maybe brady cook doesn't offer but i again I still think Brady Cook is pretty well-rounded, more maybe more so than a lot of people think, and uh, that there just maybe wouldn't be a need to play both quarterbacks. Yeah, they're, I would say that they're probably similar enough players that you wouldn't want to. Like, I don't know. I feel like it takes a very special pair of quarterbacks to make that work. Or just totally opposite quarterbacks. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, And I don't, I don't think they're opposite enough, but you never know. Consistently, no. I don't think they would play two. They might throw Tyler Macon in there every once in a while. Yeah, I would feel like that would be more of a things aren't going well, so we need to switch gears, Yeah, um, which is not what we want to see. I, again, I, I feel like I've said, even when we were talking about Connor Bazelak, like whoever is the starter game one, please just let them be good enough to where we don't have to talk about the backup all season. That didn't happen. No. Maybe, we talked about the backup all season. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe this year. Maybe this year. I'm I'm afraid that I think if JT Daniels comes, then there's less yeah. of a chance that that we're in that situation again. But if Brady Cook's the starter, I feel like there's going to be, you know, unless he just comes out and shows us something we haven't seen before, then I feel like there's going to be people asking about Tyler Macon all season. Yeah. Well, we you know last season we we got in this weird thing where we didn't throw the ball down the field at all. And we were so reliant on Tyler Beatty, which who, who was a, obviously an incredible player, yeah. and it's well documented my feelings about Tyler Beatty. Um, but like we were just we were way too reliant on him, and we never threw the ball down the field, and we didn't maybe didn't have the personnel to to do it well. So that's obviously looked to be very different in the spring game. So hopefully yeah. that will change too. Yeah. Uh, last thing about Luther Burden. Um, he, they were getting him the ball, not just, you know, throwing the ball down the field. They were throwing it to him on, like, quick outs, and uh, they gave it to him on an end around. I want to see all of that. And do the same with, uh, with Lovett, you know. Get them involved. Get the ball in their hands in space and let them make plays. Mookie Cooper as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, seriously. Think, think about the, the talent that was all over the field, especially with the wide receivers, like, Luther Burden, Mookie Cooper, Dominic Lovett, all the guys you just Tusky mentioned, li- like those are Missouri guys. And I feel like this is how it's supposed to look. This is how we've wanted it to look for so long where the Missouri kids are like dominating and making oh, yeah. plays. And it's yeah. just, it's so cool yeah. to see those guys making a name for themselves. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's just one position group. Yeah. Like imagine if we were pulling players out of St. Louis yeah. and at all these different positions if we had a that's the pitch right there man look at our wide receivers like all these kids are from missouri not all of them but a lot yeah, of yeah. these playmakers are from missouri like you can stay home you yeah. can you can do something special Oof. uh last thing about football we did have a player enter the transfer portal zaquan reeves will not be at mizzou yeah that, i mean that's a little bit of a head scratcher and you know seemed to reeves really seemed to have a lot of potential and had shown flashes uh, I think he had some injuries he had been dealing with, didn't play a whole lot in the spring game, and didn't look like he was f- full strength um, in the spring game. And, you know, I think it's possible that he had dropped down the, the depth chart a couple of notches. I mean, obviously, Norwood's really shot up the depth chart, and uh, Rakestraw's going to be coming back, and DJ Jackson looked really good last year. And I don't know, there's just there's a lot of dudes in that, in that room, and um, I think he, maybe he just decided that he wanted to try and uh, get more playing time somewhere else. Okay. Yeah, I can't fault him for that it, it makes sense to me uh should we talk about this nice guy? little solo thanks you should we talk about this guy dennis <laughs> gates yeah let's talk about him so missouri has a new basketball coach um if we i, I kind of want to like walk back to where we ended things last so much has episode happened. yeah we gotta gotta kind of re- recap here so i feel like last time we talked you know we went through a, a ton of coaches. There was just like, it was very unknown where Missouri, what Missouri felt about anybody still. Um, it kind of came out in the days following that like they had reached out to uh, 
Jerome Tang. They had reached out to uh, Kim English. They had reached out to Dennis Gates. Uh, they had maybe reached out to Todd Golden, Todd Golden and, and Matt McMahon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those, it, it seemed like there was this group kind of firming up after our last episode, and it seemed kind of in line with the names that we had been talking about. And there were names like Dana Altman and stuff that always kind of seemed like a pipe dream. It'd be like, yeah, try to make that happen if you can. But John Beeline, Blake Ahern, <laughs> yeah. duo. Yeah, that combination. Um, <laughs> So when it came down to it, it seems like those first, those names that we just mentioned, that was kind of the finalists. Yeah. And it sounds like those guys had multiple conversations with Mizzou and they ended up choosing Dennis Gates. Yeah. And Mizzou Twitter freaked out. And it was like embarrassing for a little bit. Like, I don't know. I don't know what exactly certain people thought was going to happen, but there was like, you know, a mutiny almost like people were like saying that, uh, Desiree Reed Francois should be fired and just insane things because I guess they had their hearts set on Kim English. Is that what it boils down to? I think so. And it was like, unless you get one of these top tier names, you better get Kim English or else we're going to be mad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't even know really where I want to start with this, but <laughs> yeah, it, it was really uncalled for, for the most part, just that first initial reaction. And you know what? Um, before I really delve, uh, we took a closer look at, at, uh, at Gates. I mean, yeah, there's certain things about his resume that maybe don't pop as much as other guys. And maybe he doesn't have, um, a ton of, of head coaching experience. Um, his record isn't the most like earth shattering thing at Cleveland state ever. Yeah. There's definitely like some, some things that you're like, yeah, yeah he probably maybe wasn't first on my list, but when you really start to look at like how connected he is in, in the industry and when you really like think about uh, how terrible of a team that he inherited at a horrible Cle- Cleveland state program and how quickly he turned around and, some of the guys he's coached and helped recruit at Florida State and stuff. There's just so many uh, great things. And even when you hear him talk in an interview, he's so well-spoken and he's really impressive. And so, yeah, there, there's maybe just some things on the surface that whenever you look at it, you're like, um, yeah, this is maybe a little underwhelming whenever you're comparing it to like Dana Altman or something like that. Yeah, it's yeah, it's an up-and-comer. And, and uh, Desiree Reed-Francois is... Uh, making a bet on herself and kind of saying, I see the potential in this guy. I see really impressive things he's done in the past that make me believe he has a really, really high ceiling. And I can promise you there, he, his name was connected to so many open jobs, probably every open job in the sec. Mm -hmm. And he ended up, you know, choosing Missouri. So I think that's, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. There was, um, there was definitely, and I feel like I kind of found myself getting caught up in the like, it needs to be Kim English kind of hysteria there the last few days. And I I think I was kind of like almost pitching English to you on our last episode. And obviously that would have been really cool and would have been very exciting. And I don't know how much room there was between English and Gates on Mizzou's list. Um, But I don't know. It's just like a dangerous game to play when you just get so locked in on one candidate mm-hmm. that, and that's what I have to assume was going on. I don't think that there was like something in particular about Dennis Gates that made people freak out. I think people had just fallen in love with the idea of Kim English being the next coach. Mm-hmm. I think it's possible. Yeah. And any, any comparable mid major coach in their eyes was going to be a bad idea because yeah. Kim English was out there. Like right. take English out of it. Maybe people don't have, the same reaction yeah that's kind of what i'm thinking i don't know i think this, i think it's certainly part of it i'm trying to give the benefit of the doubt somewhat yeah it, it was a it was kind of an ugly ugly night there whenever they first whenever rumors kind of started to solidify that it was looking like gates was going to be the guy um and some some people that um have walked those statements back um, yeah, yeah since then and have maybe come to their senses and and taken the chance to look a little deeper kind of like i just talked about yeah when you look at some of these things then uh you know maybe you change your mind a little bit but yeah it was not a great start and i'm glad that dennis gates uh, still showed up to his press conference yeah seriously <laughs> uh 
um, and like well, let's please not please not do that again yeah. in the future but like i just felt like every everybody was trying to pull like a clay travis with tennessee's right. head coaching uh their their football job a few years ago which was obviously extremely a, a notorious situation where you know the the journalist clay, clay travis led this crusade uh against you know tennessee administration to change their mind on a football hire they were making yeah and that what was, what was the guy's name uh greg shiano greg shiano they were going to hire him who was the defensive coordinator coordinator at ohio state mm-hmm. and uh they former rutgers head coach and they literally were, caused so much chaos on twitter and on the internet that administration literally reversed the decision greg shiano goes to Rutgers. The Rutgers is like better than they've been in forever. Yeah. And Since they, the last time he was head coach. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And they hire Jeremy Pruitt, who's gone in three years. Yeah. So maybe just let the administration do their job yeah. and, you know, you don't have to love it. Right. But maybe just don't publicly bash the guy. Yeah. And let's just see how it goes. Right, right. Yeah. I agree with that. Makes sense to me. Now we got him. He, they had a press conference and uh, one cool thing, like if you just like uh, search his name, he has done so many interviews on like podcasts and YouTube channels and stuff like that, that, uh, um, you can just hear him talking a lot. You get to hear his like philosophy around coaching and teaching and leading. And I thought that was super cool for, you know, you, you, Missouri's hired this guy and like, oh, let's try to find out some stuff about him. And there he is talking about it himself, you know, all over the place. So I thought mm-hmm. that was pretty cool yeah. to have that access. I listened to him on like a basketball coaching podcast specifically talking about his like leadership and teaching style for his team and it was just super insightful into like his process and like what he expects of his assistant coaches and stuff like that and uh it definitely made me excited and happy with the hire as far as like a a coach that seems like he knows what he's doing as far as you know leading student athletes and yeah you know yeah i think uh you know saying a coach is gonna do it the right way and um develop young men and that kind of stuff like kind of has a uh, i don't know a bad connotation it's right right now just because that's exactly who conzo was yeah and that sounds like boring recruiting and uh that kind of stuff and i i don't think that's what this is going to be i think this is we're going to do it the right way and we're going to try as hard as we possibly can and I'm not sure that's what the Conzo Martin era was by the time he was gone. Right. And I think that uh, I think things are going to look differently. Yeah. And I think uh, Dennis Gates is will be hungry to prove himself at this level of competition and show that he can win at the highest level. Um, so to just do a little bio on him, he's 42 years old, uh, originally from Chicago, played at Whitney Young in Chicago, who we just watched play in the Tournament of Champions, and then played college ball at Cal. And then he was an assistant in some capacity at Marquette, Northern Illinois, Nevada, and Florida State. Um, I think he was at Florida State for eight seasons. And uh, seven of those seasons, they were in the NCAA tournament. Um, He was hired as the Cleveland State head coach in July of 2019. And in his first year, Cleveland State won seven conference games, which was the most they'd won in five seasons. And he was named co-Horizon League Coach of the Year after going 7-11 and in conference play and only winning 11 games total his first season because people who were voting on that kind of stuff knew the team that he was inheriting should not have been able to win seven conference games. Yeah, yeah. the coach um, that was there before Dennis Gates, uh, Dennis Felton, yeah, he was only there two years, didn't, didn't leave much. Uh, in fact, I mean, I, I literally think they only had like three scholarship players or something that were like returning that weren't transferring or something like that in his first season. And yeah, to go out there and and still even have a remotely decent season in his first year at Cleveland state was pretty impressive. And like you said, uh, the people that vote on those accolades were, were impressed. So second, second season there, they won 19 games, 16 and four in conference play. And he was named uh, coach of the year in the conference. Uh, they, won the regular season in the Horizon League, uh, won the conference tournament, and lost to Houston in the NCAA tournament. And he went on to go to the Final Four. Yeah. Uh, then this past season, they won 20 games, 15-6 uh, and six in conference play, 
and they did lose to eventual tournament champion Wright State in the semifinals of the conference tournament, but I don't really care about that. And uh, I was looking at their schedule for this past season. Let me pull it up. Um, they lost three away games that I thought were like actually pretty decent showings. Uh, first game of the season, they lost by 10 on a, in a true road game against BYU, who... Uh, uh, was in the top 25 at that point. Right. Uh, then a little while later, they lost a true road game in overtime against top 40 team Oklahoma State. And then very recently in the NIT, they lost a road game against Xavier, who is a top 60 team. They lost that game by four. So they were in uh, games with, you know, in a season that they won 20 games, they had three games against really good opponents that were kind of a coin flip at the end. Yeah, he, he did some pretty impressive things with a pretty uh, lackluster program and roster. So, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely excited to see what he can do with, with more talent. So uh, we'll, we'll talk some more detail. I've got some other points uh, to talk about with him specifically. But um, now, as we sit now, just how do you feel about the hire overall and considering s- some of the names that we were talking about last time? Well, um, a lot of the names that we were talking about um, have taken other jobs in the SEC. Uh, Matt McMahon's at LSU. Uh, Todd Golden's at Florida. That was the first big yeah. name to drop that uh, was the, from that, Missouri's list. That was the first domino, and that happened earlier in the day, um, the same day that Dennis Gates was hired in Missouri. I think there's a pretty good shot. That obviously, the, again, this is just a guess, just feeling out the situation. I think uh, Missouri had Todd Golden first, potentially, and he chose Florida, and it was then time to quickly pivot to, to maybe choice number two, that being Dennis Gates. Uh, may, that may not be true, but it seemed that that could be the case. But, um, yeah. Can Jerome I, Tang, Kansas State. Kansas State, yeah. So a lot of the guys that they talk to are, are employed at kind of, you know, connected universities, whether it's through the SEC or, or regionally. Mm-hmm. Kim English still at George Mason, but... Um, you know, I, I, I really like the hire after really um, just hearing him talk and um, seeing how he interacts with his players and stuff like that. I'm, I, I'm excited about it. One thing that we didn't really touch on yet, and I agree, I just echo what you said. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, it seems I, I'm excited for sure. And one aspect of it that we haven't talked about that makes me maybe the most excited is his reputation as a recruiter when he was at Florida State. Mm-hmm and he has a great eye for talent yes and um he has kind of talked about how like he considers those like his guys and i've watched some interviews with players at florida state from when he was around there saying like yeah coach gates is my guy he's the reason i'm here Mm. and um jonathan isaac who was a you know nba lottery pick and i think I could, I, this might be wrong. I probably shouldn't even say a number, but I think I read 10 uh, yeah. NBA draft picks it's 10. Uh, from Florida State during his time there. Jonathan Isaac was there when we played them in the, in the NCAA tournament, right? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I Michael think so. Porter Jr. year. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, they went to the Elite Eight that season. Yeah. Beat number one seed Xavier. Um, yeah, he was instrumental in some in recruiting the players that contributed to some of the best seasons that Leonard Hamilton has had at Florida State. Yeah, and apparently he was on Jonathan Isaac like really early. Yeah, before anybody else. Yeah. And then a bunch of teams got on him when he had like a growth spurt, mm-hmm. and he stuck with Florida State because they were the first ones. Yep. Let's do that with some Missouri kids. Please. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that, that translates. And, and that is what we were excited about with Kim English being an assistant at Tennessee. Mm. So like there's a direct parallel with what people were excited about with him. You have that same exact situation with coach Gates from his time at Florida state. Do you think they'll abandon the uh, Michigan strategy? <laughs> Six, seven guy from Michigan. We will have to see who those, who the assistants are. Maybe they That's will, true. maybe he'll add an assistant that has strong ties yeah. to Detroit. And at, yeah, at this point he hasn't added any, any assistants or anything yet, yeah. but obviously he, his press conference was yesterday. So, right. Uh, he did say that, uh, you know, obviously some of the people he's considering for an assistant job are still coaching elsewhere. And so he wants to kind of protect their privacy and not, right. not out them before they, uh, have told their current job. But, uh, was there a tweet, um, 
what, what were we talking about earlier? There was a tweet of that uh, 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 with a name that he was considering. Frank Cusimano uh, name dropped um, Jarence Howard as a potential name to watch in the assistant coach um, building the the team. Um, you know, that's kind of been a name that we've seen mentioned a couple times through different rumors and stuff. And he's a guy that uh, is currently at Texas as an assistant coach, was at Kansas for a long time, coached a lot of NBA guys at Kansas. And so that's that would be uh, that's a pretty big name if he were able to pull him from Texas. You know, I, I have no idea um, if that's reasonable or not, but that's definitely a name. That's the name I've heard the most out of anybody as a potential assistant coach candidate. Yeah, he. Uh Wow, served eight years under Bill Self at Kansas. Yep. Mm. Um, also, Frank Cusimano in the same tweet mentioned uh, Adam Miller as a strong candidate to potentially transfer to Mizzou. He used to play for Illinois, mm. three-point specialist, and then transferred to LSU in this past year and didn't play for whatever reason. I'm actually not sure. Yeah, he might have had to – well, LS, or Illinois didn't have a coaching change or anything, so he might have had to sit out Yeah, that's true. I'm but not do sure. you get one transfer – Without yeah, I think you do. Yeah, so I don't think he had to sit out, but um, he obviously is he's from Illinois, the Chicago area. There's that's the connection. How about this? Let's hear it. LSU men's basketball guard Adam Miller expected to miss entire season after ACL tear. That would be a reason why you don't play. So he wouldn't have had to use eligibility for the season. Correct. Which means he still has potentially four years if you're counting COVID year. But his uh, first we'll season. Three. His first season was not this past season that just ended but the one before yeah so he was not a college basketball player during covid year right mm-hmm. so he would not have an extra covid season i don't know i don't know how eligibility works anymore <laughs> I do, yeah it doesn't exist uh yeah so okay uh, adam miller from peoria illinois mm-hmm. as is uh the assistant um that's at texas mm. so chicago's a good place to have connections um what else what else i'm pretty excited we've got a lot of work to do in like shaping this roster to yeah, be I mean, competitive next year we're teetering on like blow it up like re- full rebuild but how do you do that when you have four players who were major contributors last year who already used their one-time free transfer i don't know um that maybe they're your first four guys off the bench Maybe. Um, yeah, obviously a big news thing is Trayvon Brazil in the transfer portal. Anton Brookshire in the transfer portal. Uh, one of those names is a little bigger than the other one. But um, who would have thought? I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but imagine last this time last year, we we're like, it's going to be devastating next off season when Trevon Brazil enters his name in the transfer portal. Yeah, that's not something I really force, was foreseeing <clears throat> after one year. Yeah. Um, I mean, I knew he had a high ceiling and all that, all that, but one year, him looking as good as he did, like just immediately being impactful from literally the first minutes he played in division one college basketball. He took all of Jordan Wilmore's minutes. Yeah. Like as soon as he was ready. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that says something. Javon Pickett as well is in the transfer portal. And that's definitely a guy I do not foresee returning to Missouri. I think he was, he was a Conzo guy through and through, which is fine. Um, but would love to have Trayvon Brazil back. And in fact, I'm, I, I'm fairly devastated that he's probably gone. And, you know, I think some there's, it's pretty much well documented at this point that he is kind of seeing what's out there, kind of testing the market as far as NIL opportunities and Missouri is going to, going to compete and and they're going to have an offer for him, but it's tough to compete with Kentucky who's been confirmed to reach out to him. And so there's, there's some big dogs involved with, with Brazil and, uh, it's going to be really hard to reel him back in, I think. Does that make a lot of sense for Kentucky? I mean, I guess I guess that's part of the game. That's is like now a, is just like, okay, let's just go try to take steal every team's best player. Basically, that's like, what the transfer portal has become. Yeah, They did which, that last year with uh, West Virginia and Georgia. Yeah. And now they're and trying to... It just, worked out perfectly yeah. with, with Sheboy. Except, you know, they did just lose to a 15 seed. That is true. So Got him. Yeah. Don't yeah, don't steal players, and that's yeah. karma. Right. <laughs> you had an excellent season, lost uh, lost yeah. to a 15 seed. 
Uh, do you think? Do you think he really is just like trying to uh, use other opportunities to get a raise from Missouri? Or yes. um, so does that mean? Do you think Missouri will be able to persuade him to come back successfully? I, uh, I, yeah, I think they could definitely. Um, I don't know if they will. Interesting to note, uh, Brazil was recruited by Dennis Gates when he was at Cleveland State. Yeah, is that a good or bad thing? I mean, I'm <laughs> just joking. Well, it, I, I mean, it makes me think that he could at least say to him, like, you know, I saw exactly. this in you, obviously. Like, how wild is that, though? Yeah. Like, what if he really, I mean, legitimately, he saw something in Draven Brazil. I yeah. mean, that's even more a testament potentially to his eye for talent. Right. When nobody else saw it. And right. I kind of feel like Konzo had, was just offering all the in state kids at that point because he had been burned too many times <laughs> by, so. by in state kids. Maybe so. Man, too bad he didn't get him, and he could have just brought him with him when. Oh yeah, if like when they got hired, Brazil went to yeah. Cleveland State and was oh, incredible, yeah. and they'd be like, oh yeah, come That's on. definitely not a thing with Dennis Gates, is like bringing players from his former school. Like yeah. we talked about that with a couple of the candidates, but that is absolutely not an option, I don't think, with Cleveland State. But anyways, um, driven Brazil. I don't know. I'll give it a I'll give it a thirty percent chance he returns to Missouri. Mm. I, I think he is a Missouri guy through and through. I really do. I think he. I think he was a fan growing up and that kind of stuff but it's just tough to turn away huge financial offers if that's what you're getting and i really do think missouri can can compete but we'll see um we do know that coach gates has already reached out to some uh people that have entered their name in the transfer portal uh northern iowa's noah carter uh he's an interesting player um he reminds me a lot of who was the player for Creighton last year that transferred that Missouri was trying that was interested in but then and he ma- went to Texas yeah you know I, know. I, was just, I just watched him play in the tournament last weekend uh, Christian Bishop yes a uh, very similar type of player like uh, Carter for Northern Iowa is like undersized five mm-hmm. and plays under the rim and doesn't really uh, extend the floor very much so not really like a stretch five just kind of an undersized crafty um good finisher around the rim but yeah he shot really well from two last season so that's an interesting name um speaking of interesting names missouri has reached out to utah valley center and he's 611 and i'm gonna try shot 43 percent from three last year what was that guy's name you know i can't even remember but He's going to have every team in the country after him. What's his last name? I can't even remember that. Okay, let me look at it. Where is it? It's right over here. Fardaz? Yes. Oh, man, the the first name is even easier than the last name. Okay, yeah. Fardaz is the first name. I don't think I'm going to try the second. Missouri has reached out to Fardaz. And... (laughs) But he is going to be a pretty highly sought after transfer. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's like, he has like 40 plus people on him. Yeah. But, I mean, you guess you like to see uh, Gates aiming high. I mean, it seems maybe only like almost like a waste of time, but you never know. Another name that uh, supposedly Missouri has reached out to is Will Richard from Belmont, a guard. Uh, he was a freshman last year, so he still has three years of eligibility. That's going to be really exciting to see who he pursues in the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. I have to get several guys. Yes. And I can only hope that we know a little bit more about what he's doing recruiting than we did Conzo. Because that was unbearable to just like never have any idea what's going on. Even like when we had successes, even when we got like Aiden Shaw, it was not, it was like, I don't know. It's just like we had no, we didn't know what was going on. And then one day he committed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I almost just wonder how much recruiting he was actually doing. I like, I just legitimately think that's like re- a reasonable question. Like, are you even recruiting anybody? Are you trying? And there's like, he only went re- after guys he knew he could get. Like, I mean, I feel like that's one of the reasons he's gone is because like, who, who is he like filling in for next year? Like, yeah, this roster is terrible and there's no backup plan. Amac. Fardaz Amac. Okay, that was easy. Yeah. Just looked a little looked a little yeah, a Q at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Threw me off. Anyway, Fardaz Amac. Welcome aboard. Is that him saying it? Sounds like it. 
Fardon's Sounds AMAC, like it. Utah Valley. <laughs> you never heard of him in your life before today. I'm like, yeah, dude, that's got to be him. I think that's his voice. <laughs> um, okay, here's a name that's in the transfer portal. Xavier Penson. Okay, that's a name Whoa. I've heard. He's leaving LSU, shockingly. But his coach was dismissed, so he's probably eligible right away. Oh, man. What a weird career. Would you bring him back? I literally don't think that's impossible. Like, Chicago connection. Yes. We need a point guard. Desperately bad. He still wears the bubble coat. Different. He still wears the bubble coat with the Missouri logo on it. Yeah. Is that happening? Is he going to make the return? (laughs) I would take him. I guess I would. Um, he's honestly Some, like a, a lot of fans would not be happy with that. Sounds honestly, like a weird. He sounds like an interesting personality to get along with. It sounds like he was planning on transferring even before Will Wade was was fired. Yeah, I don't know. That team is going to be interesting next year. Speaking of that team, they hired who? Matt McMahon. Uh, Florida hired Todd Golden. Georgia hired Mike White from Florida. Um, Ole Miss is keeping Kermit Davis. Mississippi State. Mississippi State hired... Chris Jans. Yes, from, from New Mexico State. I, speaking of New Mexico State, I watched them play their first round game in the NCAA yeah. tournament. And Mario McKinney, like, playing meaningful minutes at point guard for an NCAA tournament team. That beat Connecticut. Did they? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And the team that he was on before that, Missouri Tigers, if you remember didn't have a point guard last year yeah now i'm not saying mario mckinney should have been playing like 25 minutes per game at point guard for missouri but he was doing a little bit of that for an ncaa tournament team mm-hmm. that won a game just saying bring him home huh maybe mm. yeah you can't do that too many times <laughs> <laughs> it's just weird like how many like kind of up and up and coming uh coaches there are in the sec next year like literally half the league is like these kind of like mid-major coaches that are making the jump yeah south carolina hired lamont paris from chattanooga remember maybe i don't know like a month ago or so when we were guessing that there wouldn't be very many like coaching turnover there wouldn't be a lot of it in the sec we were just dead wrong i think we were a little bit wrong about that that was and then like also regionally I mean, cool what, take. the best thing that happened probably was that, I don't know, the, maybe the best thing that happened is that Brad Underwood stayed at Illinois. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't really like him there either. He's been really successful, but. You thought he was going to Kansas State, huh? I don't think I really thought that. I don't think anybody thought that. Yeah. Uh, Sean, just to think about some names that we talked about from our coaching list, Sean Miller uh, back to Xavier where he that's wild uh where he coached previously so they're kind of taking a little bit of a risk there yeah um who'd south carolina hire we we just said that yeah lamont oh right 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 they were like supposedly interested in sean miller i think he just like straight up turned them down potentially that's interesting i saw dennis gates name with south carolina early on too i legitimately think dennis gates talked to um, South Carolina, LSU, um, Florida. I think his name was involved with all of those coaching searches. Man, do you think he just liked Trayvon Brazil that much? He yeah, want, he chose Missouri, and now he's <laughs> right. He's like, oh, I remember this kid from a few years ago. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Um, so we have not heard anything from Kobe Brown. Uh, so, so far, so good there. He has not entered his name in the transfer portal. And another wrinkle about a new coach is he might actually honor the COVID year. And so Kobe Brown might actually have two years of eligibility remaining. We used to just think, you know, Conzo doesn't want the COVID year to be a thing because he didn't let like Drew Smith stick around or, you know, I don't know if he actually said no, but it, it Mark, almost Mark Smith. I feel it was like almost like the vibe last year was like, Conzo just told these guys to move on. Yeah, it was very strange. And and like with Drew and Tillman, like they legitimately had some professional opportunities. Yeah. And so maybe it made sense for them to move on. But like Mark Smith wasn't going to play pro ball anywhere. No. And whatever, whatever you think about Mark Smith. But Conzo was clearly like, that's okay. You can go somewhere else. And maybe Mark always intended to. But yeah. 
there was definitely a vibe of like he was not he specifically said he's not going to let them come back just to play basketball yep but uh maybe coach maybe, gates will maybe let Dennis players will. do that but i mean who are we really talking about there just kobe and i guess the tran the four transfers yeah from last year all have an additional year that's true Ugh. So what are we waiting on now? We're waiting on the assistant mm-hmm. staff to be filled out. We got about four or five roster spots at the minimum yeah. to fill. Uh, day one, he's obviously trying to get Brazil back in the mix. He's trying to get Aiden Shaw back in the mix. So yep. Aiden Shaw uh, asked for his release from his uh, NLI and uh, was granted it, obviously, with a coaching change. So, But he some like uh mizzou beat reporters and stuff have reached out to him and he said that he is still considering missouri so that's like job number one i feel like for coach gates is to try to get brazil and shaw back in the fold and not lose kobe brown and then bring in two or three guys that can start yep that's that's what we're looking at yep a lot of a lot of things to still happen in the next month so if you don't bring back Brazil and you don't keep Aiden Shaw, I mean, we don't know how Gates feels about Christian Jones. Like we might, I mean, is it too late in the game to, I guess there's other recruits out there that are being let out of their mm-hmm. letters of intent as well. So there might be a couple high school players that yeah. could be brought in. Oh, it's exciting, but it makes me nervous. Like there's a, there's a lot oof, going on. It's a long way till October when this will all be settled man so uh give me a letter grade for the hire that's what all the that's what all the um fancy report like journalists and stuff do they like grade the hires a to f um i'm, I'm like at a b plus b plus maybe a minus hmm. um I'll, I'll probably say i probably say b plus because just because there's um I don't know. It's like there. It's probably one of the higher ceiling off uh, coaches, young coaches out there potentially. Like this could. I mean, a lot of people have labeled him as like one of the brightest young minds in college basketball. One of the most connected, smart, like driven individuals in the industry, and could be one of the biggest names in college basketball five to ten years from now. Like people have, what like well known sources have said that. Yeah and um especially other coaches other coaches seem to be really high on him and a lot of the coaches are love cons of too so it it doesn't necessarily mean anything um but yeah i mean it's exciting i i think it's a it's a solid b plus what do you think i was gonna say b minus um but that's that's kind of the area that missouri was working in honestly yeah i i think it was gonna be really difficult to get like an a or a plus higher this off season um, what would make what would make Dennis Gates an A in my book would be if he if we lived in an alternate timeline where he had spent three seasons at you know VCU or someplace like that you know like a, an A10 school and had won that league one time then he would be like you know but then yeah. he'd be up for jobs like right. Louisville mm-hmm. and Maryland and those type of places yeah so. the, the jump from the Horizon League to the SEC is big and that's certainly one of the uh, that's a concern yeah. Or, uh, or just something to consider. Yeah. But if you think, you know, if you think that this was the only opportunity to hire Kim English, which I don't, I mean, what are you, what do you think about if, if this administration clearly liked Dennis Gates and wanted to pull the trigger on him, you can't afford to let him go to, you know, he probably ends up at like South Carolina. Yeah. If potentially a place like that if Missouri doesn't make this move. So it's not like there was an opportunity to let him go to a more premier mid-major team first. That's just my opinion, though. And I think coming from Cleveland State and being considered for all those jobs speaks to how qualified he is. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's just that's something that coaches and maybe administration can do at a higher level maybe than a lot of the fans is just kind of use nuance in the situation and really uh, um, analyze 
what he's done and like how impressive that is at the certain level or the certain situation and what he did considering excuse me considering everything else involved it's just one of the more impressive you know two or three years out there yeah and i think just what i said at the very beginning of the fact that he won seven game seven conference games his first season at cleveland state that was the most they'd won in five years and that was an impressive enough coaching job by the media considered impressive by the media and other coaches in the horizon league that you know they had a losing season and he was the co-coach of the year for the league like that's obviously those people knew what kind of situation he was inheriting and he turned it around um and I, I do we should mention kind of like his coaching style he said he wants to play fast-paced offense and be committed to excellent defense and obviously that's easier said than done that's but the two things to be good at right <laughs> but uh you know we had uh we had talked about uh grant mccasland quite yeah. a bit uh as a serious candidate for the mizzou job and he played his teams play the slowest pace of any school in college basketball in division one basketball mm -hmm. so obviously that's unappealing especially if you're losing they There's lost people that want to play slow believe yeah. it or not they lost a game uh 36 to 42 in their conference in their, tournament in their conference that, tournament. like disqualified them from postseason play basically yeah and that disqualified them from him from the mizzou uh, head coaching <laughs> job in some people's eyes <laughs> probably um, may, maybe understandably i mean there's nothing worse than a bad team but also a bad team that only plays you yeah. know 58 possessions a game yeah but uh and and i want to say that um during coach gates time at cleveland state they went from the 241st fastest tempo in division one basketball to 127th from his first season to his third so sounds like maybe whenever he was getting his guys in over over the course of the two or three seasons so another thing that i found interesting was they went from you know one of the worst 10 teams in the country in effective field goal percentage his first season to 44th in that statistic uh this past year and they went from 330th in two-point field goal percentage his first season to 19th in the country this past season um, and obviously that reflects the t overall adjusted offensive efficiency from 329th his first season to 171st this most recent season yeah so clear improvement. this team yeah he was getting his players in he got some transfers and he was making it work you know y you don't accidentally win 16 and then 15 conference games in any conference in the country yeah. i'm pretty excited <laughs> a lot of question marks but yeah. i mean you can definitely realistically see a path that missouri is a much better program in two or three seasons from where it is now and it's built organically and it's built the right way and um you know when when gates has a chance to to get his guys and and run his system and I, I just legitimately think uh, he he uh, he wants to win more than than anything, and I don't know. It seems like it's been a while since we have a coach who's just like hell bent on on winning, and I think that he's going to be that. Yeah, and he has shown that everywhere he's been yeah. that he's just dedicated to the team, dedicated to the school and the community. While he's there, he's just like pulling out all the stops and uh that i really recommend anybody you know if you after you listen to our podcast of course go uh <laughs> look him up on just like search his name on youtube and you'll see him talking about his style of play his coaching philosophy his leadership philosophy all of that and it to me it all tracks with what i want to see in a head coach and yeah there's maybe some comparisons to be made about between him and conzo martin but uh conzo had already coached you know high level division one basketball he had already made a lot of money and uh yeah at the very least this is a younger konzo at the at the very least yeah he's a, a hungry motivated coach who wants to show what he can do at this level and obviously um he even has a you know obviously coming into missouri konzo was considered a decent recruiter 
Um, I think Dennis Gates has a better reputation there already. Yeah. So I'm optimistic and I think it was a good hire and I'm really excited and it's going to be a fun off season. We've got transfer portal. Hopefully Missouri doesn't lose too many players and get some, get some guys. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, overall I'm happy. I'm satisfied. That all for this week? I think that's pretty much it. All right. Special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above. Britt Treese, Brian Smith, Ryan Demore, Tristan, Ben Smith, Parker, Daddy JD, Lewis Hernandez, Tim Keens, and Tyler Harsel. Thank you. Uh, thank you, brothers. Um, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're on Twitter at Mizzou Sports Pod, and you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. You can find our t-shirts and stickers on our online shop, MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com. Thank you everyone for listening. We will see you next week.